This is the JWN Podcast. My guest today is a multi-instrumentalist who's an invaluable part of the independent music scene in South Carolina. He's performed with well over 50, you know what, it's probably more like 100 musical acts over the last 10 years or so, including some bands and projects that he's fronted, such as Secret Guest and Temp Control. We sat down to talk about music and life as the scene's Swiss Army knife of talent. And I, I don't know if you know a person like this in your life. Maybe you know this person. But it's just, it's, he's such a joy. I'm speechless. But this podcast goes on for quite a while. So let's just get right to it. Let's jump right in. This is Brett Nash. I know less than <laughs> So with these microphones, you want to get very close. So gotcha. you get less back here you right. hear the room right up right. here you hear gotcha. the voice so i honestly i like always tend to like if especially like playing i'm the kind of guy who like is rubbing his mouth all over the mic anyway so that's not a problem dude i think the worst microphone experience i ever had at a at a gig because i do the same thing i'm like making out with the mic yeah, exactly and um i took a deep breath in while my like lip was touching the mic. I mean, I was that, still that close and I sucked in the saliva from every band <laughs> that, and it was, I was in a punk band. So every show had like 12 right. bands or whatever. Right. So like everybody who played before us, just, I inhaled their DNA. It was yep. fucking, and I instantly was just like, I'm going to die. I, this is awful. <laughs> was, uh, you have a, you took a little bit of the, the mic with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you came in today. Um, speaking of old bad stories, you came in like with a tourister uh, suitcase, like an old school '70s like shell, hard shell yep. um, suitcase for your for your gear. Uh, very Lou Barlow esque, by the way. Coming in acoustic oh. guitar with with no case. <laughs> it's and how a, I got it. Yeah. And a suitcase with all your pedals and stuff in it. That saying Lou Barlow just justified it all for me. Yeah. So thank you. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He, he's he's a man of of um, of just God you know he, he has him. very few strings attached to him. Mm -hmm. He just he yep. just does what he does. But um, I was telling you on the way, and I and I'll share it to you, with you now. So we went to see. This is going to date me a little bit. Uh, the the guy who played bass in my band and I went to go see the Ramones at Roseland Ballroom in New York. And he always, he was the kind of person after every show, he would stick around so we could like meet the band. Sure. Um, so we did that. And uh, with the Ramones, they were just gone. Like, they lived in New York. It was like they they walked off stage and immediately walked out the fucking door. Right. Of course. So, so all that was left was like the gear and the crew. Well, we're just standing there kind of like backstage, kind of like, okay, well, I guess we need to get out of here. There's no, there's no reason to stay here anymore. Right. And there was this case, like this anvil's, you know, gear case, uh, just sitting on the, in the middle of the floor. And he saw it and he was like, Hey, Ooh, wait, that, where's that's this like, one? that's like Ramon's gear. <laughs> and which by the way, now that we're older and not complete moronic teenage kids, uh, no, it wasn't Ramon's gear. It was just like whatever tech company oh, right, right. was running Tired sound. Like, yeah. But he grabbed it and walked out with it just like he owned it. Like he just picked <laughs> it up and walked out the back door with it. 
It's weird how much you can get away with with just pure confidence sometimes. Oh yeah, and I still have that case of this day, and it was go. filled. It was filled with like roadie tools, you know, <laughs> like it was. It was like Allen wrenches and and clippers Do and things like them? that. I, I I don't even know what happened to the stuff that was in it because <laughs> like I use it for pedals and stuff. You could just but I like, don't play anymore, pretend so. like this is like the real Ramones Allen wrench that they used. <laughs> Like sell it on eBay, like Allen wrench found on the Ramon stage. <laughs> yeah, like th- this is only specific to Johnny Ramon's Moss Wright guitar. <laughs> this Allen wrench was custom made for his guitar, <laughs> for his custom guitar. Yeah, yeah, we were not good people, as that you know what I'm saying. Like, the, like uh, looking back, I'm like, what a bunch of dicks. You know, I'm guilty by associ- association because I didn't like tell him to put it back. I mean, I'm, I doubt anybody was like freaking out. Like, no, my, I'm sure it's just like, ah, fuck it. There, there goes my tools. I guess I'll buy some new ones. Yeah. You, I think you just minorly inconvenienced. Someone. Can you, can you imagine like the next show that that guy worked and like everything went wrong and he Ooh, lost his job because that. he didn't have his tools? I guess. Yeah. If you didn't know till the next show it was like, wait, what happened to that? I, it was on the stage at that Ramon show. Where did it yeah, go? Like who the fuck would take my Allen wrenches? Why like, does ugh, these, these but now, weirdos. No. Now they handed me this guitar and I, it had a Floyd Rose on it and I couldn't tune it and I got fired. My, my kids custom Allen wrench. Yes. God. It only works for Moss Wright guitars that don't have tremolos. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, anyway, welcome to the podcast. Hey, yeah. It took me long enough. We did it. I, yeah. was, I've, I keep listening. I keep mentioning the name. I was like, I, you said, he said he was going to have me on. I mean, maybe doesn't want me. I don't know. I was like, I, I think way too much in my head sometimes. Like, well, does, does he want, does he want me on? You're, Should, do I, do I ask him if I can be, do how, how, and then I know in my mind, I just trailed off like this. I was, hey, but no, it's, you're on, I, I have a, I keep saying this in one of these days, someone's going to ask to see this list, but you're on like my list of when I first came up with the idea of this podcast, Aww. you're on the list of people. I'm like, well, who could I talk to? Aww, um, and the, the way it's been working out guest wise, it's kind of flowing into each other. So I'll have somebody come on and then they'll talk about something or somebody and, and, and then those people will be involved somehow and then it'll just kind of, it, it's naturally flowing. Ooh, it's like you have like a whole uh, plot arc to the entire series. Well, it's it's definitely, I didn't want it to be local centric, but it's kind of kind of is at I the was, moment, but not really. Yeah, a friend of mine, because I told a friend of mine that I was going to be on this and he's just like, um... It, like he just kind of interviews. I was like, I think it's like mostly Charleston centric, but I don't think that's a rule. It's no. just kind of turned out like that. So it's kind of like starting in Charleston and you're just going to keep expanding out next, next time will be Columbia. Oh yeah. Then you're going to work your way to Atlanta. I would love, <laughs> I have ideas in my head of ways to handle this. Cause I, Ooh. cause I'd love to be able to go like, say if I'm going to a music festival mm-hmm. to maybe talk to bands that, or people involved in music, uh-huh. it doesn't even have to be bands. It could be photographers. It could be the organizers sure. and like organize it around that stuff and then be able to like interview people and like get in with the, like I have all of these weird ideas for when the world opens back up. Right. Right. Um, but for now I'm just going with the flow. Cause this started in the middle of the pandemic, right? It started It started 100% because it was me trying to cope with... I'm a social person. Yeah. I needed to be social. And the first bunch of episodes are all... Any interviews are over the phone. Right, right. Which I enjoy. Um, but this is so much better. 
You yeah, know what I'm saying? Is, we we can nice. we can share a drink. Yeah, share a um, a vegan golden dream. A vegan golden dream. A vegan golden dream. Yes. I ruined the drink. No, with no, my this veganism. is delicious. This is delicious. I'm glad. Um, uh, I'm assuming like we're rolling right. We've now. been rolling. Yes. This this isn't just a conversation for us on Mike, but uh, I foolishly forgot to mention that cream is involved in the cocktail, the golden dream, and you caught me right. Right when I was about, right, like, I, it was tipped over. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm like, oh, I knew I should have asked. But this is delicious. I it think works. it's delicious. It works. It's very sweet. It is very sweet. Um, yes. Just like you. Oh, thank you so much. This whole except when I'm stealing compliments. Except when I'm stealing shit. <laughs> Freaking asshole kid. Should I be wor- Should I be watching my stuff right yeah. now? Yeah. Okay. Listen, yeah, you, this geared in just appear <laughs> it had to be taken from somebody this is this is really what the podcast was set out to do just <laughs> gradually a weird long con where you just gradually steal each person like something of each person like you have a photographer on and be like yeah just like bring by like a couple of lenses i just want to yeah. see what you got and then they get home it's like one of these lenses is missing you gotta be subtle though It'd be like oh yeah what kind of memory cards are you using oh yeah you'll would never you, notice you set that it out on the table and then you're um, on a shoot <laughs> and then um oh look back there and then you just grab one of like <laughs> I don't know. I'm not good at sleight of hand, so well, don't take my advice. <laughs> well, I um did some research on you. Oh shit. And uh is this where I get my favorite part is that you have a LinkedIn that is clearly hasn't been oh, updated wow. since you were in high school. Or not I'm sorry, college. This is I was literally uh, I, I was not forced. I mean, I don't mind making a LinkedIn, but like it was part of an arts management class where like a requirement was like you it was like right when LinkedIn was started, was like you all have to make a LinkedIn and so and I had to prove I made a LinkedIn. So I made a LinkedIn. But the best part is it says you're still a librarian. Oh, yeah. I worked at the uh, Charleston Library Society until 2012. And the the picture of you is so boyishly young. Like it, I'm like, who is that? And I stared at the picture going, is this him? Yeah, it's <laughs> I, I feel like I chose a very unprofessional picture for LinkedIn. It, maybe it, I didn't. It I had a know. it had a Tom from MySpace vibe. Yeah, I think that's. I might have like used uh, Tom as a template. <laughs> he was the the go to profile picture for of um for social media at the time. Oh yeah. So, but I I found your your uh oh during the pandemic you you did uh Mike Watts show. Yes, I did. So we have something in common with Mike Watt, but mine goes. He would never remember us, but we were playing uh, out in in uh, LA mm-hmm. and we played a show at some, I forget the name of the club. This is a good, those days are kind of cloudy. <laughs> sure, um, sure. Yeah. For, for, for lots of reasons. But I remember we played a, sh- uh, my band played a show with Mike Watt uh, and it was him and his wife and they were both playing bass. Oh, and that um, was it. Dose. No, yes, yes, yeah. yes. So we played with dose and, and, um, and I was just like, and then I saw you were on his show. I was like, oh, I got to listen to this. And I literally had it on all morning long <laughs> because the music was so good. And it was just like this nice showcase of Charleston music mixed in with whatever. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, this is, I didn't even know this, this show it, it existed. It's like a three hour, like music yeah. and talk show. And he really, I feel like recently, like he'll put out so many, he'll put out like four a week too. Like, yeah. but, um, because that came about, I'm sure you might have heard on the episode, uh, Dylan Dickerson from Dear Blanca. Mm-hmm. He, it's, he's told me this story before. It's funny. He like, pretend, or no, what was it with Mike Watt? Oh yeah. He was booked to play at Royal American, which I, I played that show with Elon Bolt as well for um, Il Sogno de Mariano. 
his right, uh, yeah. group with a couple of really amazing Italian musicians. And like Dylan just was hit up John Kenny and was just like, uh, can I, I don't want to call in too many favors here, but can you please put us on this show? That's a, it's, if not, it's totally fine. And so then Dylan pretended that he had a zine so he could interview Mike Watt, which didn't exist yet. So he literally created a zine so he could interview Mike he Watt. He could have put it in Taylor Sawinski's 9 to 5 magazine. It I mean, yeah. a perfect front. I wonder if that that might not have even existed then. But maybe, hey, maybe. He could do it now. Yeah, retroactively. <laughs> there you go. Retroactively. And so he kind of just kept, he's been like keeping in touch with Mike Watt. Like, I, I don't know if you heard Mike Watt's on Dear Blanc, one of the songs on Dear Blanca's new album. That's so just freaking speaking, cool. It's called Overpass. Anybody listening, check it out. Yeah, yes. Um, but uh, so yeah, he, and then Dylan was on Mike Watt's podcast and then Mike Watt was just like, if you have any cool friends that have cool music, they want to be on. And then what a cool concept. So, so he contact, well, once you got connected, mm-hmm. you sent him like a playlist of music? Yeah. The way he does it, he literally just asks like, have a let, send me a Dropbox link of like 11 songs that you're involved with and then like, because wow. the way he does it he has like different sets and he and just you were bookends like, with yeah. each song and I was like, I, I was tempted, no I wasn't tempted to do like all my own stuff. I was like, I'm just going to get like a nice sampler platter of Charleston bands that I play with. Yeah. I, I think it worked out. I, I mean, I, I feel like asking you to find 11 songs really was a, probably a stressful thing for you to only pick yeah. 11. It was also funny too, because I, I realized like how dependent I am on streaming services. I was like, oh, I have like kind of don't have MP3s of like any of these songs. I actually couldn't find them so what i just ended up doing is i went to the band camps of like and half the of songs. these i literally i bought there was like a with the secret guest stuff i like literally was buying songs from myself basically so i could download them dude you're hysterical <laughs> that is amazing i mean the many money went back to me with the band camp cut out of it but you know what band camp they've been doing great they deserve the extra oh, change it. to give myself my own song so yeah yeah but i i love what band camp has done like it's just such a it's such a, a lesson in hey, you can you can have a successful platform, yeah, without screwing over, right? The, the the creators, and then like these like Fridays every month where they're just like, we're not even this day, we're not even gonna take a share, yeah, it's all for you. They're like, they're doing it right. God bless yeah. them. God and, bless and, them. And the marketing that they got out of that, which was not their intention, right? But the marketing of it paid for itself like tenfold. Exactly. And it was just like, okay. Everybody wins. Yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine if like Apple or Spotify did that? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if they paid everybody what they're worth, because no one's coming there for Spotify. They're coming there for the music. Right. Exactly. So if the musicians got compensated, you know, justly. Yeah. Is that a word? Justly? Yeah. I don't know. Just, justly. Maybe justly. No I there you go. Justly. Justly is probably Justly. like the name of somebody. It's, a, it's a, probably a band now. Just just Justly. trademarked it. Yep, Justly. Well, I, I laughed because uh, you guys were talking about websites on. Oh uh, yeah, Mike Watson, and, and and you said, oh, you should get secretguest.wordpress.com. So, as a nerd, I looked at it, oh. and there's a band that stole it. God damn, even dot wordpress. I know I looked up. There's no content on it. It's, everything says coming soon, but Spoilers. it looks like. It looks like a, a picture of a band, but it looks like it's the same person that like photoshopped himself multiple times. <laughs> I don't know what it is. 
I got I very curious and I up. was like, maybe later we'll spend some time on it. Maybe I just need to, I don't, I can't afford to buy it off them, but maybe I can like just hit up this person. We can, we can just make them a part of secret guest, the band. And well, that'll just, be the, yeah. I don't know. But I, I, I do like the uh, innovation of just putting themselves over and over again. So I think uh, if you're out there squatting on my website, uh, please let's hit me up, uh, email me. You guys will write a song together. Hit me up on LinkedIn. <laughs> we'll write a song together. I'm the guy who has a pose of a guy, the Tom from MySpace pose. I work at the Li- Charleston Library Society still. Probably says I'm in the arts management program at College of Charleston, even though I graduated <laughs> over 10 years ago. Uh, I think that's all you need to look me up. So, yeah, just hit me up there. The real Brett Nash at LinkedIn.com. Oh, my gosh. We have fun. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I you love knew it. You were, you I love it. Getting into this. I love it. So, um, let let. I'm curious. Uh, let, let's just dig deep into your past a little bit because it sounds to me like you had really supportive parents. Yeah, totally. They were. They well. Uh, it's. I'm. My dad uh, was always deep into music. He played trumpet. He played piano. He had like his own projects and stuff. So he was like they. They, it was their idea for me to even get piano. I got, took piano lessons starting from like five to 11. And so I, it was one of those, I I didn't even think like, man, I really want to play piano. They're like, do you want to take piano lessons? I was like, as five-year-old me, I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. And so they kind of, I gradually in like sixth grade, you know, you're, you're, 11 years old, you get burnt out on piano. You want to play something cool. So <laughs> I started out. playing the drums. Like there was like a drum set at our church and I just like would fool around and play like that funky drummer beat, even though I don't think I could reach the kick pedal. But yeah, yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> and I did it that exact part, like floor tom on the right hand, snare on the left hand. And then like people would like dance when I do that. I'm like, oh shit, this is like, this is cool. And so I started getting into drums, but Oh, wait, God, I'm getting way off topic. No, that's okay. What I was going to say is my parents were very supportive of the fact that I was playing drums all the time in the living room. We didn't live in like a big house by any means. So like, we were like trying to work. This is in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Rock Hill. My mom still lives there. Hey, mom. Um, And uh, yeah, they would be like, could you just like play like a little quieter? But they were also understanding and they were cool. But yeah, they were always supportive of music. Um, I know they always wished I like tried harder to make money at it, I guess. I, I always get the mixture of money and music always bums me out, man. I yeah, I, I feel you 100 percent, 100 percent. When I played music and, and you know, I, I owe my whole life to it because mm-hmm. that's how I met my wife. And that's it kind of put me on the trajectory of where I am today mm-hmm. as a human being. Um, and if it wasn't for music, I wouldn't have my kids. I wouldn't have anything. I yeah. it just, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I owe my love for music, Same. uh, to that. But at the time I was so anti the business. I yeah. only, I didn't care about anything about except for the writing recording and performance of music right anything else involved in it and i like the artwork around right. like sure. like you know yeah for for releases for singles and, and yeah all that yes. kind of stuff i liked all of that stuff the minute you talked about anything business related i just kind of shrunk into a ball and, yeah. and i can't do i couldn't do it 
in retrospect, I wish I took that more seriously. Because yeah. I look at bands, I mean, the peers that we had at the time that did stick with it, they went on to do really well for themselves. Right. Um, because they had a little bit more of a business mindset and they 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 had the longevity to stick with it. Um, and I think it's important to try to figure out how to separate the two. Yeah. Uh, because I think that that's, it separates a lot of, of the, the best artists in the world. And this is on all creative platforms or uh, whatever creative things. Um, it separates the best from those who, who have any amount of skill and drive to mm-hmm. do the business side of it right. and to do the marketing side and all that stuff. Those people will always come out and seem like they're doing much better than people who truly are just amazingly talented and purely right. talented Butter because they're fading into obscurity. Yeah. <laughs> and, and unfortunately those folks that are, they, they need help, right? They need help because it's just not in them to do the other thing. Um, and, and, you know, the true greatness comes from people who have all of that. Right. They have the, all the, the great skill and the, the ability to either hire somebody to do that stuff for them that's, and that's, trust that, them. That's what I was thinking. If I right. ever get a, if I ever get successful, I'm just going to hire like the most asshole manager that will, uh, it'll be like one of those things where like, I'm really friendly, but then, uh, the manager will just be like, okay, but let's get down to fucking business. We get 20% of all the rights <laughs> and nothing more. And then I'll just be over there. I was like, sorry, that's our manager. He, I mean, I agree with him, but, uh, <laughs> Get in mad a, at him, not me. In, in a perfect world, uh, yeah, we wouldn't need somebody like that. But um, we have yeah, to we look. Have, we have to like have to eat. Make money. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I, it's, I gotta, I it's almost like a lawyer thing where it's like uh, you you can't talk to my client until you talk to me. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Like, it's oh. nice. Well, in in weird um, in weird terms, I just I I I, uh, I talked about on a solo podcast a couple of weeks ago about the band manager for uh, Beach Slang. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with Beach Slang at all. I'm familiar with the band, but not the manager. So this, so unfortunately, there's a big falling out and she's accusing him of, uh, of James Alex, the front man of, mm-hmm. of mental and, and, and emotional abuse. Oh shit, I was not And all that stuff. That. And, but when uh, the last stint I did with my band, we did a reunion tour with James Alex's old band Weston. And she came on and became like the tour manager for this short East Coast tour. This was about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing to have somebody like that on this thing because we just wanted to come and hang out with our old friends. Some of us, we hadn't seen each other in 20 years. Right. And so we were just like, this is going to be so much fun to party. But in order to keep the fucking boat afloat, we had this person yep. who was Beach Slang's manager took over as tour manager and she took care of everything we didn't have to worry about dealing with clubs we didn't have to worry about dealing with like anything involved with you know the logistics yeah and it was amazing i was like oh god oh my god i wish i had somebody i wish we had somebody like this we always did it ourselves right and it was a lot of pressure that's because it's a skill set you don't really you're not really prepared for as a musician that actually just made me think of like whenever i've Sometimes I like go, I've done tours with bands that I'm kind of like in charge of and do all the booking for. And then also yeah. bands that I don't do that. And the ones where I don't do it are kind of way better. Cause I'm just like riding in the van. I'm just like, all right, what do I got to do? We show up here when, okay, yeah. cool. You can read a book. <laughs> I'll read a book. Um, 
just tell me where to be. You guys got it handled. I'll just be back here reading my book. We'll play a show. I'll get drunk and then you'll drive me to wherever we're staying. And then it's great. Oh yeah. I had <laughs> so much fun on that, that stint, mm-hmm. uh, that little thing, because every morning I'd wake up, I'd put on my, my running shoes in, in, uh, you know, in, I'd be in Washington DC and I just go running for a few miles and just enjoy myself and have That's nothing awesome. to worry about. That's you know awesome. what I'm saying? I just go yeah. explore like all of the work stuff right. was out of our hands. Right. We just had to show up for sound checking for the show. That Beautiful. was it. Beautiful. Yeah. It was, it was wonderful. So, um, if you can, if you're a person who is of immense talent like yourself, you probably should have somebody in your life that, that is helping you with the business affairs. Right. Cause you are, I don't know. Is there a word for a, like a studio musician, but a live session player type person? <laughs> because I, you are, besides being creative in your own right and doing your own stuff like Secret Guest, you're like everybody's <laughs> fucking like crutch. You are the person that get, was, I've seen so uh, many shows where I'm like, I'll see a band and then like a month later, I'll go see that band again. And then you're sitting in for somebody who couldn't make it to the show. Right. I, I'm just, I think it's really just my, um, inability to say no. And, um, again, I, part of it might be the fact that I don't care about money. I remember I'm mm. not going to mention the person or the band, but there was like one band that I'm the usual member of and I couldn't make it, but they really want to play this show. And they're like, if you have any ideas, we asked this person, but like, I think his price is a little too high or something. I was like, Oh and shit, that's a, a thing. price that I was like, yeah, I was like, Oh, that's a thing people do. They, ask for a certain amount of money. I'm just like, I don't even bring up actually, um, Arel, when I recorded with Arel, he yeah. was like, how much money you want? I was like, Oh shit, you're, you're going to pay me. Cool. All right. Great. I, I don't know. I would have done it. Uh, Arel, if you're listening, I would have done, uh, both of those sessions for free. Um, I'm just going to be honest. Uh, <laughs> but this is why I, but she would do the same for you. I, well, I guess, I guess so, but I, I couldn't do that now. I couldn't ask her for free work if she's paying me for work. That would just be wrong. I don't well, know. Well, yeah, but yeah, that's true. So, you can, you can barter. Yeah. Ooh, there we go. You know? Yeah. Maybe I should, next time I'll just like two sessions from me and then I'll get two sessions from you. We'll trade sessions. I just saw something pop up that Amelia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have no idea who that person is. I've never met her, but like. But the song is yeah. amazing that, yeah. that Irrel is on. I was yeah. like who's this artist? And then I was like, because I had Irrel on this podcast, I, I listened to it and I'm like, oh, yeah, this has got like a, a total Illuminati hotties vibe. Totally. Yeah. Very like, you know, just yeah, rules of yeah. the time. It's yeah. so great. Yeah. Speaking of, of the time, um, one of the things I heard you say on, on Mike Watts, I'm sorry, I'm bringing it up. If you haven't listened no, to the, the Mike that. Watt podcast, go search it out. Cause it's really, it's a fun thing to listen to just for the music alone. But guess what? You get to hear more of Brett. Um, talking to a legend in, in punk rock. Dream. Uh, so one of your early influences you said was Weezer mm-hmm. when you were a kid. Yeah, totally. And then Weezer just released a new album. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's completely out of left field. It's all piano and strings. Wow. It's got almost like a weird vampire weekend-ish vibe to it, but not really. Like I got the right off the bat, I was like, this sounds like Vampire Weekend. But as it went on, I was like, no, this just sounds like they kind of found a sound and just made an album with that sound. That so it's all I'm gonna have to check that out. Drums, bass, piano, and like, and it might just be 
their regular guitar player playing like a synth that sounds like strings. I don't know what it is. I, I, I haven't looked much into it. I went for a run this morning and listened to it. It's short. It's less than a half an hour. Wow. Um, wow. And it's, it's a full album. It's, I think, one of the best things I've heard them do Damn. in a long time. Like, yeah. these are so... Like, they had that white album that was really good. Right. That right. came out a few years back. But there's been so much, like, eh, yeah. like hit and miss type stuff. It's funny because I, I I don't want to be so hard to, like, hipster assholes. Like, I only like the first two albums and that just, that. But those are really good. But they are <laughs> but they are my two favorite albums. Yeah. Of course. Um, but I, I think I listen, I did listen to, like, part of the white album. I'm I think I'm kind of more picky than I wish I was. Yeah. I, I, there's a couple of songs on the white album I liked and then like anything else. Yeah. Oh, as a like, whole, it doesn't compare anything to those first two albums. Not a thing they've done compares right. to those first two albums. I think the closest things though I've come to find from them that have been genuinely interesting were right. Maladroit. Right. Yeah. I love Maladroit. And, and this new album so far, I got to give it time, but it's so of this moment. It's so obviously created in a pandemic and like capturing whatever he's going through. And I love it for that. It's got a, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's got of let me just capture this and, and do this, you know, whatever plans we had, had to get pushed aside, Let, let's do what we're feeling right now and put it out there. Whether or not it stands the test of time, only time will tell. I mean, a right. year from now, I'd be like, I can't believe I like that. <laughs> sure. I've, but, I've had that. A but little, I yeah. really listened to the record earnestly and like twice through. Because I listened to it while I was running, and then I just kept, I just let it repeat again because I was like, I, "What did I just hear?" That's beautiful. Because yeah. I feel like Rivers is just lately has just been chasing like whatever former success pop song yeah. he can pull out. Like what was it? That blackout. Oof. Sorry, anybody out there who likes the Black Album, but that was hard to get through. Have you listened to that one at all? It's just not him. the make believe one. No, this no. Black Album was like. The most recent album before I didn't listen to it at all. I, I was heard just the like single. Curious. I was turned off. I was just like curious. I'm like maybe I just wanted to check it out just in case. I was like mm. maybe there's good stuff, which I guess with this album it actually is. But I was just like, and then I listened to it. And I was like, oh, this is hard yeah. to get through. I would give the for this new album a just listen to it as a piece as a whole. I will as a whole because I don't know if there's any song that really stands out. I, as my a heart single. is open to love new Weezer. Yeah. I'm, I'm open. I'm, well, I'm going to try. My, uh, there was, I was telling somebody about uh, this on the podcast about how there was a point when they were really, uh, when he, when Rivers Cuomo was mm -hmm. releasing everything he was working on. Oh yeah. yeah on yeah. the internet. He right. would just dump all these demos. Songs from the black hole or whatever I think was. An yeah, but, yeah. But, but before that, like he was just on the internet, he would just leak these onto like their message boards. Right. And it would just be constant. Um, just pieces of songs. It was almost like he was going through a Robert Pollard fucking yeah, exactly, period of time exactly. of just yeah, like, diary right, of the of creativity. Yeah. 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 Man, and, I haven't even listened to any recent guide. I need to get back on that. There's um, just so many. 2000, 2020's Guided by Voices, three records they put out. Of course. Maybe three of the best records they've ever recorded. In their, well, I'm going to say from 2017, their current lineup mm -hmm. of, of Guided by Voices, the current lineup, to me, is the best lineup they've ever had. I'll go down on record as saying that. You want to fight me in a parking lot? If you're a guard, guided by voices nerd, if you think it's, oh, no, Tobin Sprout is where it was at. I'm like, no, Tobin no, Sprout's great. I got it. But 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 like Douglas Gillard and fucking Robert Pollard, uh, 
I don't know. It's maybe Gillard. I'm probably. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, I'm drinking a, this orange creamsicle thing. Also, I didn't know it was. Is it pronounced Pollard? I always call him Bob Pollard. It could be. Who knows? I don't. Um, I don't know. But uh, Doug and Bob mm-hmm. to me are are Mick and Keith. Right. Yeah. Totally. They're totally. to me like they're the dynamic duo of Guided by Voices, even though he's not the original guitar player from when they kind sure. of made their their stake in the indie rock world. Totally. I mean, I was at we were both at the Jam Room Festival. That's that was amazing. And that was that's the same yeah. lineup, right? Did yeah. you see? Uh, I mean, that's when I started to go like we really need to cherish these people now. That's the lineup. Yes. Yeah. That and and you saw them. That was yeah, it's amazing. They have never been better live. I think maybe when they that what was the um the live recording like the video that's out i think it was when they were touring under the bushes under the stars and they had the bass player from maybe chavez or something like that playing, yeah yeah playing that is a really good thing to check out of of them live but the current lineup live because i've seen them with different lineups over the years and the current lineup live is i and i think it has a lot to do with the drummer mm-hmm. is so beyond amazingly yeah. good so it's like the and the bass player is amazingly good, Mark Shu. Like these, the rhythm section is so tight that the 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 guys in front can be loose. Exactly. It's it's a very Rolling Stones, um, kind of dynamic as far as you got this super tight rhythm section so that everybody else can be loose and kind of play off each other. Yeah, I'm. I feel like, and I I saw the classic lineup. I'm making quotes with mm-hmm. my hands for those listening. Um, and honestly, I think, yeah, that Jam Room Festival set I like better than the yeah. couple of times I saw the classic lineup. No classic offense. lineup is just they're great, but it but there's some there's a magic. They were they were part of a uh era that will go on in history, but the the you gotta you gotta give it to this current lineup. They're yeah. magic. They're and they magic. Keep, they keep pumping out stuff and it's yeah. it's like an endless well of creativity. And and sorry, we you probably didn't tune in thinking you would get it. No, I'm, I'm into this. Let's but I could this I could do a whole hour on guided by voices and my love for them because they're they're it's a well that's so deep that even someone like myself who considers themselves a major fan, I've still haven't scraped the bottom of the well. Yeah, like I, there's so much stuff all of that that has been released that you could spend years trying yeah. to really take in all of that's been put out by that man. I often think about if how many, if there are any people that actually have listened to every single song, well, both Guided by Voices, because and then Bob Pollard himself yeah. has like a million solo songs too. Yeah. Like the whole like suitcase series and everything. He's got- I think like when we saw him at that jam fest, they were celebrating, he was celebrating 100 studio albums that oh, that's he right. had created. That's right throughout his different yeah. projects, which is unheard of. I don't think there's anyone out there that can claim that and legitimately claim that. Well, have you ever heard of a art? I kind of got in this guy recently, R. Stevie Moore. No. He's like the, the, the underground, like outsider musician that like a lot of those types, like, like see as an icon, but well, also it helps that he's been making music since the sixties, but he has over 400 albums out wow. at this point. But I feel like with both of them, it's I, I think about it like, how do you do that? But I feel like Bob Pollard is just like, all right, I got this song recorded. All right, we're done. Yeah. Like, like I'm sure like the like I've been listening to it. There's a podcast that covers every single Got Above Voices album. And it's mm-hmm. a it's a fa- fascinating pod. It's really like educated. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and the way that he's currently creating music is, he, I don't know how this guy gets his information. He, he's finding all the information. He's talking to the right people. <laughs> but this is an interesting way of song creation because he is not a technological person. Mm-hmm. And a right. lot of the songs actually in the last couple of years, a, a huge chunk of songs are very anti-technology, very right. anti like what's going on with the world. He's, Which has he's, always been a thing of his, yeah, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, so, but but he's, um, he takes like a tape recorder or a four track or whatever, old school analog records right. with like his guitar. He'll write a song, right? Mm-hmm. And he'll record it to like a four track or just to a tape deck, like sitting in his living yeah, room. Totally. He'll write all of the songs for an album and he'll send it because especially the last album they put out was done during quarantine. So it was done in five states. Right, Each, right, each right, musician right. contributed track-wise. So he takes this recording and sends it out to them. And then they create the music around the recording. And then then he goes back in the studio afterwards with whatever they recorded based on his initial recording mm-hmm. and does his vocals. Perfect. There you go. And it, so he's just recording a guitar then. He's recording like a rough demo. Oh, like with like rough vocals. Yeah, with gotcha. vocals. Then they take that music, they create their own, they they improvise on top of it. They create their own riffs, but they keep the 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 basic structure of the song. They take the, That's awesome. the foundation of the house and they put all of this like that, you know, they expertly put their fucking, you know, Brilliant. spit on it. And I've been like it's, trying to do exactly working. that. Yeah, it's working so well. <laughs> but I think they've been doing something similar to that for so long mm-hmm. that it just—it's amazing now. And there's a lot of musicians because of this pandemic that are just starting to do that. Right. Yeah. So they're so far behind what Guided by Voices has kind of been doing for years totally. now. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I—I technically don't own a computer. I might be getting one soon. With uh, really, what kind of computer phone. would you have if you had one? I don't know what are what are good. If, if you're I think out if there, your creatives max work because you get garage, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, GarageBand yeah. is just free. Yeah, I I, rec- I remember in like 2008, I recorded like a whole album with my band and mixed it on GarageBand, and I, mm-hmm. I like the way it sounds. Garage, I feel like GarageBand's underrated. Uh, underrated. The the intro and outro music to my podcast on most podcasts was created all go. on GarageBand. There you go, and uh, it. it yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Yep. It actually, I wanted to bring this up because you're doing something called uh, what is it called? Temp temperature controller. <laughs> yes. that, I don't know if that came out in like 2019 or so. Oh wait, the um, ambiance music. Oh, that literally just that like on Bandcamp. I saw it on Bandcamp yeah. recently, but it, I don't know. I'm trying. I I try to find piece. I, I I try to be a snoop. You are you're really getting deep. That's a that's a. I'm deep trying to be cut. prepared. You're 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 uh, a valuable. I'm honored um, of all this talent research. in in your in this community and in the music world, and I was trying to be prepared. So temperature controller. It sounds like an ambiance kind of music. So thing. yeah, temp. It's technically it's temp controller. Temped. Which okay. well, it's only based on the name came from. Uh, I work at this place that like packages tea, and we like get these a lot of our like sealing and like tea bag making machines from China. And like, it's like, I think, yeah, I think it's supposed to translate to temperature controller, uh, but it's like the like kind of rough, like kind of lost in translation. So it's spelled T E M P T and then controller with one L. So I was like, and it, it, it suited well. So that controller <laughs> that actually started, um, have you ever heard of Tua Lingua? Yes. Yeah. So, I used to go there and do figure drawing. Like I, uh, yeah. 
Well, there you go. So they booked um, geologists, like one of the members of Animal Collective, mm. for a show there. And then Nathan, who runs it, was like, yeah, Nathan's, like does Nathan's anybody cool want to play this? And I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll play this. And so, actually, no, this idea, I was going to say this idea started there, but this started with Nick Jenkins had this thing called Dojo Nowhere, which was just like a bunch of people just like getting together and like with like small sets trying out new stuff. It was basically... I have like one of those like little line six loop pedals and oh, yeah. what the original version and I th- is what I did is just like anybody in the audience, I'm just going to set these two mics up, just going to have the make loop, loop go over like the same 14 seconds just over and then I'll go on top of it and on top of it. And then like just controlling like the slow down, speed up, reverse, and then just kind of like, and then kind of like in, if there's spaces playing like some guitar over it like kind of ambient guitar. And yeah. so that's kind of how that was born. Uh, the the Tua Lingua show was funny because everybody else who played had really short sets. And you played for 20 minutes of just ambiance. Oh, longer than longer that. that. He literally was like, can you go 45 <laughs> minutes? And I was just like, I don't, I don't know if you want that, but if you, if you want that. And it like literally felt like I was like holding the audience hostage. And I just wanted to be like, hey, I- They probably loved it. I it actually it, it went over really well. And so what you found on Bandcamp actually just came out like a few weeks ago. I was asked to be a for part fifty of, cents. Yeah, I, I <laughs> wanted to make I it I saw the price and I was like, dude, this guy is out of his mind. Fifty cents. I I literally tried to find the lowest thing. Like I wanted to make it one cent, but it would not let me go. I think I'm trying to think I d I don't know why I made or maybe you couldn't I couldn't make it free. Or I can't remember if I could make I it free. I think you can do free. I don't know I've why seen I didn't free make it tracks free. on there. I think maybe I, it's no, a I like joke. it better that it's fifty cents. I think it it's a joke. It yeah, I wanted to like be like, no, it's fifty cents, and then like again, we can support Bandcamp again. Yeah. They can get their uh, two cent cut from every <laughs> download. Um, but uh, like, where the fuck was I going with this? I totally it just doesn't lost my matter. That's great though, but the, you you so you create this thing was just something you were uh, oh yeah having so fun this with. the the whole reason I even put that out on Bandcamp was I did a live stream thing with some friends who have like this like series of live stream shows they've started called goth girl club. And they asked, they asked literally temp controller to, I was like, okay. And then they broadcast it on Facebook live or whatever. And then with Facebook live, you know, it like stays on Facebook for a while. So I literally on my four track, I just took my like out. Yeah. My output on, I mean, I was like, I guess I can rip this. I mean, it's my music. By the way, you could have done that earlier. What you're talking about with the Mike Watt show. You could have done that for all of your music period. Yeah. Oh, sh- <laughs> you know, it's funny. Dang. Well, I'm glad I was able to give myself that $3. Support Bandcamp, people. Support, support Bandcamp. Support su- the artists. Support support yourself through Bandcamp with Bandcamp getting a cut. <laughs> anyway, so I ripped it off of Facebook, put it on, like, just plugged my phone straight into my four track and then uploaded it onto the internet. So I was like, oh, this, this turned out cool. Let's... In mm-hmm. case I ever do attempt controller set again, which I guess will happen, then I'm like, yeah. well, if somebody place, wants to know what it sounds like, this is what it's like. That place is perfect for that. Yeah. I've seen a bunch of um, performances there, art performances there, and just like, um, it, it's it's definitely an avant-garde place. Right. It's, That's it's why probably I did that. the only place in Charleston I know of 
that's kind of established to a degree. Yeah. Where you can see stuff that you probably won't see anywhere exactly. else. Stuff that's so experimental that it's almost uncomfortable. Right. Exactly. Which it's, is it's why it's dangerously I did that. Yeah. like beautiful. Which is why I did that set there was I was just like, this is like the one place where I because you know, I like I I feel like I could get away with doing something like that at Royal yeah. American, but like secretly I'm sure like John Kenny would be like, you're you're like making our customers go away. We're all like, gonna go outside. I support and, yeah. you, but like, can we not do that? Kind of. I mean, I'm sure he would, he would be nice about it, but like, yeah, I wouldn't want to do Royal American like that. Be like, I'm gonna do this set that's just gonna clear out your customers. So. Well, I mean, if it was a situation where it was bringing in people that maybe normally wouldn't come. Right. Then that's one that's thing. True. But that's if you're going to scare away the regulars, that's another right. thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So whereas Tuolingua is like, oh, this is like perfect. In, in I you, try to play sets that make sense for wherever yeah. I'm playing, you know? So yeah. That's how and, I and I met so many cool people through that place uh, back in the, in what they call the day. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 when I saw that and I listened to it um, and I was like, this reminds me of something I did back when I worked at MTV, when GarageBand first came out. Ah. I made all of these songs uh, when I worked at MTV about my coworkers. <laughs> really? Right? Yeah, yeah, I have, I uh, have yeah, an archive have of songs. Every once in a while, every once in a while, they'll come up and they're, they're just silly. They're fun. They're mostly all based on whatever free loops came with gar- the initial version of GarageBand. Nice, nice. <laughs> and I made one song which was nothing but voicemail messages left on my voicemail. Perfect. And it had like, you know, John Norris and like Kurt Loader. Like it had, because I supported those people and they would call me and leave messages. And so it would have like snippets of them talking, like just leaving like mundane, like, hey, my computer's not doing this thing. Can you come help me? You know? (laughs) That's a great idea. I don't know where Uh, that is though. I know I did it. I have, I don't, it's not in, I'd have to dig to find it. But when I heard your thing and I heard what the content was that made up the song, I was like, this reminds me of something I did once. And that's why I brought it up. Because I was just like, you know what? I love that you're on that mindset. Um, Another thing, this, uh, and I wrote this down this morning because I didn't want to forget this this thought. It's preparation. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This morning I woke up and realized that like last night here in Charleston, the temperature went to freezing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was pissed. I just planted all these new flowers Oof. on the in on my porch. I have these like um, flower like things uh, hanging off the front porch and baskets and stuff. Like it's Dang. just something I enjoy doing. Yeah, totally. Right? That's rad. And I just replaced them all with like winter flowers and whatnot. And uh, and I thought to myself, local music scenes are like flowers. There's annuals and perennials, and this pandemic has really robbed us. Of the annuals, like the the flowers that only last a season. You know what I'm saying? There's perennials that come back and they're constantly there. But then then there's like these things that people do in the music scene, whether they're collaborations, Mm -hmm. um, just or things that just fizzle out, whatever it is. Right. But they're there of the moment. And this pandemic has kind of robbed us of that stuff. And you have kind of been a person that has kind of floated in between those but a lot of the stuff you've done has been more in that annual thing where you have always been somebody creating stuff of the moment um and and what do you how do you how have you really coped with that during this um hmm. you know being somebody who is putting out stuff like temp control and whatnot but like 
you can't really go out and play live as yeah. much anymore. But you did do something recently, so you could bring that up. But oh, wait, are you talking about the the, the drive the driving movie thing? Well, not driving, oh, yeah. but the outdoor movie. I was thing. about to say, I want to know what you're setting me up for. Yeah, but well, because I want to um, know how you've been dealing with it. Because you are somebody, as you've discussed before, you you do all of this stuff um, for the love of music and the love of art. Yeah, totally. And and you're very in the moment, and this pandemic is really like changed yep what in the moment means totally well it's funny it almost started out like a bless not it's like whenever i say that i feel weird saying like yeah, this no, pandemic no, is a blessing all these people dying is great but i on a personal level like so in january i bought that four track i was talking about i was mm-hmm. like i'm gonna record some stuff soon like i've been trying to like work on this album i'm working on for fucking four years now and then I was like, I'm going to buy this four track. I'm going to start recording. But I just play so many shows. Yeah. And then I'm working 40 hours a week on top of that. So I'm just like, I literally have no time to do this. And then the pandemic came around. I was like, here's your time. Mm-hmm. Which my, see, it's hard. I wish, really, I'm kind of a pro- creative procrastinator in a lot of ways. Like, I, I'm good. Yeah, I get it. It's confusing. Like I'm good at like chasing ideas in the moment, but I'm also bad. It's like long term things. Yeah, if like, you don't catch that butterfly when it's flying in front of you, right? You're, then it's gone. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it very very lightning in the bottle type thing. Yeah. But then I'm just like been trying to fit. So the first couple of weeks, I like gradually start doing it. When I was unemployed, I was unemployed for like two and a half weeks, and then my job called me back. We talked about that off mic, I guess. While well, we anyway, were making drinks. While we were making these delicious. Golden Look, I, dreams. I finished my- <laughs> and now you know too, if anybody out there wants to make a golden dream uh and you're a vegan, if you don't want to include the cream, also still tastes great without the cream. And it hits you. It probably yeah. hits you a little harder. Yeah, I feel bad because <laughs> I think you said you've not really been drinking, no. but you let it slide for a special occasion. Mm-hmm. I I'm sorry if I'm making you I'm, you are I'm getting a, you are a special occasion to anybody who gets the the opportunity to spend some time with you. I just wanted to, I just wanted to loosen up for you. I just I just oh, yeah. I just want to be good for you. All right, well, let's not get Sorry, off track. Sorry. Okay. Let's okay. Enough track. emotions. Enough emotions. <laughs> back to business. Okay. Um, oh yeah. And like so, like the first couple of weeks, I'd like kind of record mostly going back to drinking. Just drink a lot of like tequila sunrises, and then it was like great, but also I was like, "Fuck, I'm getting nothing done." But then work mm-hmm. called me back. I actually started doing better having structure in my life when work called me back. Cause yeah. like, I was like, Oh, like I feel some sort of groundedness in my life where I'm like, so I've been like slowly. Right. I get um, it hundred percent. Actually. Well, it's funny. I'm realizing now a lot of the creative things I have done during the pandemic have also been podcast related between Mike Watts. Have you ever heard of a comfort monk? No, um, Dylan from Dear Blanca yeah. and a friend of mine, Eddie Newman, they kind of started this podcast kind of similar to this where it's like they talk to different, mostly musicians, but they've been yeah. kind of across the board. But uh, they kind of let me have like carte blanche to just, am I pronouncing that right? Carte yeah, blanche? yeah, carte blanche. good enough. Anyway, uh, <laughs> to like, they're like, if you want us to hit up anybody uh, and you want to interview them, by all means. So I've done that three times. There's, which that's almost been fun in its own way because it's my, I feel like my social muscle has just kind of atrophied. A hundred percent. So it's like, actually, um, the person I interviewed most recently, a great, one of my idols, Lars Finberg, he has this band called The Intelligence. He's in the OCs for a second. He just released a so album. But like that podcast was the first time he's like, 
kind of talk to anybody. Yeah. And so it was like for him, it was like, oh, this feels like my only performance of this year is like doing this show. And right. so like the it's it's also funny being on this side of it because I've been mm-hmm. interviewing people more than getting interviewed other than the Mike Watt podcast. Where am I? God, I but uh, but guess what? Tangents. When you're when you're interviewing people, uh-huh. like I'm talking to you now, mm-hmm. it, it's just natural for some of yourself to come through as yeah, well. Exactly. It's just like any art. When you write a song, you could or take a picture or make a painting. Mm-hmm. I love looking at paintings and and portraiture and things like that because there's always a piece of the person who created it in it as well. So when you're interviewing something, there's something, there's a reflection, there's part of you as part, you know, in it. Um, and it, it, it's a wonderful thing. And so, yes, I hope yeah. you keep doing it because it will help you right. in this, this weird time. Well, it's of, like you yeah. were talking about, again, I can't remember if we were talking about this before or on mic. That's but okay. Like, it's like you even started this whole podcast is like, oh, I like need to like talk to people yes. and like not just be like cooped up in I've my, talked about yeah. that relentlessly on I'm this sure podcast. Have, I've listened to like a couple of solo shows. I feel like you mentioned that probably. Yeah. I, and shows, you yeah. know, it's funny. I, I, I kind of looked back at the last few solo shows and I feel like I've been um, unfortunately taking advantage of the people listening <laughs> because so? I've been venting. I, I Instead of trying to like bring something of like value to them. I've just been using it as like, you're my th- um, like therapist, but also People listening. No. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, you know totally. I've, I've been just, I've been just pouring my, I'm, I'm a person who doesn't hide behind anything. I just, it's all out there. I wear my, my emotions on my sleeve and, and I, I put it out there for people. And if you think I'm crazy and I hope that people understand, like just because I feel that way in that moment, it's, it's fleeting, you know, I'm right. dealing with it. Right. I'm working on it. Yeah. And so if you hear me on a podcast sound, sound like I'm down, it doesn't mean I'm down and out. Right. It just means I'm like at that moment, I'm really feeling it. And this week has been tough for me. I'm not going to lie. I, I listened to the most recent solo show. I was like, man, I hope, dude, I, hopefully I want to help bring you up. We, well, can, we can bring I, each other up. I, you know? I, re- I recorded that on Thursday night. We're, uh-huh. reco- we're, we're sitting here recording this on Tuesday, January 30th, and it probably won't come out until next weekend. Right. Mm hmm. Um, so as we recorded this, I recorded a podcast on Thursday night and I felt like I was kind of at a breaking point when I tell you that yesterday, like I went to the doctor in the morning, I canceled all my appointments. I was physically in a bad place. Yeah. And I just, I, I knew something was wrong and I'm just, I'm working on it. And and today I feel a lot better. Good. A hundred percent. Today I feel a lot better. But they're just physically, like, I've been physically manifesting all of the anxiety and stress. And when you were just talking about your, about your, how you wanted to get all this stuff, you, you, you saw this opportunity, like, oh, I've got time now to work on this stuff. Right. But you didn't. And I 100% understand it. Thank you. 100% understand it. Because the anxiety and the depression Mm -hmm. sneaks up on you and you don't know what it is when it comes up. And Amen. I think I think uh, I'm not out of line to say that almost everybody is dealing with this totally. in some form. And I'd say 90 percent. I'm making up numbers. Sorry. 90 percent of the people who I have that's based on no facts. Right. No, <laughs> are, but I think you don't right. know it. They yeah. don't know that they're yeah. fucking depressed. 
And that's what I was going to say when you and say I'm you're pointing at I don't think at- I don't think you're taking advantage of them <laughs> over there. I think they're relating to these solo shows that you're doing and they're getting some solace in the fact that other people are going through that too. I'm pointing at you, listener. The, the worst part is getting feedback from getting emails and mess and text messages and private DMs from people and getting all of this response to these things that are that are in my mind, like I wish I didn't have to put them out there. Right, right. But people are connecting to it, so I know I'm I'm striking a chord with people. Totally. And when you just said like, "Hey, I need I, this is an opportunity," and and then it wasn't. Right. And yep. I was like, I know. <laughs> Oh God! You gotta love it. Gotta love I the love way the you, brain Brett works. Nash, I love you too, Nash, Joseph. I, I just this is this is exactly uh, how I hope this conversation would go because because I have I I have never sat down and been able to talk to you because every time we see each other, that's been the beautiful thing about these podcasts too. Yeah. Like, oh, like like um, just the one on one talking to like again like kind of it's weird because when you're talking earlier about like I. I'm more vulnerable in a uh, performance setting than I like it. I'm more myself right. on stage than in real life. But this is like one of those weird situations where I'm like, I kind of feel like I'm performing. So I'm kind of being more myself mm-hmm. than I would like. <laughs> this sounds weird. This sounds like, no, you don't know the real me when you're talking to me other time. But mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, we're actually having a deep I guess deep. Is this deep? Yeah. What is a deep conversation? It's just a conversation. Not it, it. We're not being surface. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're talking about, we're being honest with our emotions and our feelings. Exactly. And so, yeah, it's, I was going somewhere with that. Yeah, that that's what I was saying. What were we talking about? What was the question? Uh, temp, <laughs> temp controller. So we were, no, we, were talking, like, <laughs> we were talking about how this pandemic yes, has right. affected a person who has, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you as a creative person have um, kind of cornered a market in capturing the moment. You're a person who captures what's going on now and you put it out there. Secret guest comes to mind. Your project where you get to be in charge. Right. Where you get, because you've been, this is going to sound derogatory and it's um, not, it's but you've right been, there. you've been everybody's bitch. Yeah. Yeah. For for forever. Right. You know, you've been like the the person that everyone depends on and you got to create the secret guest, which what a great name for a band. Um, by the way, all the names for bands that you can't you you shared on Mike Watts thing from all the band names you've oh, had over the years. Yeah. Everyone is so good. I was like, you should fucking you should have a service to help people name their bands. Oh, I, I, man, I almost even brought this list just in case this came up. If please do Andre. No, it's not a list that I came up with. Andre, <laughs> Andre, the, uh, Mihailovich, the other guitarist and secret guest, he has a list of band names that he's just been compiling. I've like submitted to it too. It's like literally over 47,000 band names. 47,000. Yeah. You're every lying. year, every year he, prints it out for me for my birthday and i like the last one i think we we're just kind of like i don't know if we can do this this is like a waste of paper because it's literally like a booklet like like three inches thick i bet just- you if you published it it would get so much press i this think he's where, thought about this that, is actually. where you need a business manager <laughs> i can imagine a coffee table book of band names that haven't been taken or band names that you can use yeah there you go 
Just uh, I we can make it like a thing. Just put like a website at the end, like check if this band name has been taken. Just Google it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, I feel like my method to check if a band name is taken is I always just put that dot bandcamp dot com. Mm-hmm. Like we're I guess also do like we we're talking about a band that matters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it's taken by a band that matters. Exactly. Well, I had a Pip the Pansy on, mm-hmm. and um. Her name right now, there's nobody else called Pip the Pansy. I was about to say, I can't imagine anyone else with that name. Yet. Because the name of her project beforehand was, and she ended up in a legal battle and it like destroyed her career. It put such a, yeah. Wait, what? She had a band. Her original um, music project was called Ren, W R E N. Oh, right, right, right. And yeah. there was another artist yes, out actually, that didn't do shit. That. Yes. But the, the, the artist's. Like parents were in the music business and, and had this legal team behind them that could like fight for their oh, name. God. And she she lost like tens of thousands of dollars, which for a musician is is life changing. Um, and just yeah, just it, it, it's uh, so she changed her name to Pip the Pansy. But unfortunately, like the people she was working with record label wise and she had all these opportunities, heard Pip the Pansy and was like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> They, they shut the door on that because they were like, oh, oh Pansy might be offensive. And like, uh, look at this girl. I don't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, number one, Pansy is a flower. And then I looked into right. what kind of flower, like, right. which by the way, is the type of flowers I planted in my flower baskets. There you go. That hopefully will survive. Fingers crossed. Yeah, my fingers crossed. They better survive. Pour one out for my flowers, people. I oh, <laughs> no, don't do it. There's carpet this is, on this this floor. is why I moor myself in performance. <laughs> like I was about to do it, even though no one would see it. This would just be. Oh God. I'm, anyway, we're having. I should we're slow down time. on this drink. I'm almost done with it. It's very strong. Both liquors in it are 80 proof. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to you, Joseph. I'm sorry to the listener. Nobody has to be apologized. Oh, Don't boy. ever apologize again in All your right. life. Yeah, and what you I meant to say somebody. is you're welcome. You're yes. welcome. Yes. I'm just going to say yes. Thank you for not actually spilling the or pouring one out. You're welcome. You're Thank welcome. You. Thank you so much. I'll wait till I'm outside. <laughs> or just do it in the sink. Or in the sink. Yeah. Yeah. It's responsible. Okay. Like, yeah. Know. I'm going to pour one out in the sink for my homies. Everybody, if you're pouring one out for your homies, please do it responsibly. (laughs) Don't do it on someone's carpet. Don't pour out one for your homies and drive. Don't pour it on the carpet. (laughs) Don't text and pour one out for your homies, please. All right. So I I, want to bring up something that's just, I've been watching this the whole time. I'm just going to call out the elephant in the room. Are you wearing Kalen Oyer's glasses right now? Ha! Well, no. It's I. She does have like a lot of similar glasses, but actually, those are yours. These are mine. I love them. No, we have different prescriptions. I think hers is a little bit stronger. Mine's like, it's my eyesight is just weak enough that I legally can't drive without glasses. Like right now, I can see everything fine. Like I can, but it's like it's blurry, like in an annoying way. I was like, I like it'll give you a headache. It's like just fuzzy. I'm just like, oh, I'm tired of looking at this fuzz. But anyway, so no, these are mine, my prescription. I actually did like the Warby Parker thing where they give you, uh-huh. you can choose like five. And actually I pulled her about which ones I should get. And she actually did not choose these ones I did. And these were might even been towards the bottom of the list. But now she's kind of like, okay, these these look pretty good. They look you good did, on you. you but the whole time I'm looking, I'm like, they look 
they look like they could be Kaylin's. I don't know. I but for those of you who don't know, I've had Kaylin Oyer on the podcast, and as of now, as of still at this point, I believe you two are still yes. in a relationship. And as the quote goes, she's dating half the bands in Charleston. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Kaylin. <laughs> Sorry. I know there's a little bit of like conflict of interest given her job. Oh no. Yeah. That's funny. Like I, I was even thinking like if anybody like ever got like, was just like, I, I don't even get like that. I feel like if anything, I I've like ruined my chances at press just in because like Kayla would be like, well, look bad on my part. But if anybody ever did like give me shit, like, Oh, like he—he's just getting pressed because he's Kaylin's boyfriend. I would be like, "What?" So what you're saying is I'm sleeping my way to the top of the local Charleston paper that <laughs> mostly like weird, like I don't know, like half of their readership is like these weird conservatives that just post like angry mean, stuff, angry stuff <laughs> yeah. online. I'm like, yes, that's that's what I'm trying to get to the top of this. Charleston press thing. I'm sleep sleeping my way to the middle. That's what I'm doing. Brett Nash, hero of QAnon. So yeah, I just <laughs> that's actually what the real thing is. Yeah. Y'all don't know it, but I've been just kind of like a low-key, just like undercover for QAnon. I'm he's a total, Russian he's a Russian operative. I'm a, yep, exactly. exactly. I've been has- drinking a lot of vodka lately. So I mean it's it's obvious. I mean vodka. Wad- vodka. Vodka. As I say, is that an offensive to do a Russian accent? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I've been like. I'm not saying. I'm not <laughs> right. saying it to make fun of. I'm just saying no, to no, like yeah. be authentic. No. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The authentic pronunciation. Yeah. Wadka. Yeah. Are we good? And I'm, I'm not going to do an accent or anything. Anyway, we're getting to dicey waters. What were yeah, we talking we're, we're about? We're going to put our shoes straight into our mouth. Yep. Yep. I'm going to actually prove myself as truly a QAnon guy. Yeah, there you go. A, yeah. All we right. can run for Congress now. This is, see, this is going to be good. <laughs> um, you can, I've been thinking about this. We need to find a way for you to like expose something about me. And this can be like the controversial episode. You're going to get like blazed <laughs> through the roof. Like Brett Nash, secretly a QAnon head. <laughs> This will be the pull quote. He's, you put he, that in the description. He, he's a useful asset. Yes, that's right. That's right. I've been just getting to the bottom of the Charleston music scene. I'm digging up the dirt on all of you. That's right, Danny. That's right, Amber Grace Joyner. That's right, other... I, um, those are two people, by the way. Like, I need to get on here. I've spoken to Danny, and I said, Danny, you need to come on this podcast. I was wondering, I haven't, yeah. I, haven't, I just haven't... I haven't officially said like, hey, let's come on in this date. This it's the same thing with you. It's not that I don't want people. I want everyone right. that I know to right. sit down and talk to and get you have to know more. A lot more. of people you want to talk to, yeah. right? And yeah. I'm just kind of following the flow of things. And also, like and also, I'm all. I, I try to. I'm trying to reach out outside of my wheelhouse as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I do want to kind of like space it out. If I do too many musicians in a row. Yes, yes. Put it this totally, way. Totally. Put it this way. I heard from two different sources. One of them, my wife, saying I had too many women in a row. She's like, uh, "Are you just interviewing women on your podcast?" And I was like, "Not by design." But I feel it like just, usually, if anything, the complaints the other way around. But That's then interesting. I, but yeah. then I looked at it and I was like, "Okay." And there was a point when I early on I've been keeping track of like the demographics, mm-hmm. trying because I wanted I want to be. Um, I don't want to go in too far into anything. Yeah. Like, I want to be kind of, sorry if this is offensive, middle of the road. Sure. I want to try to be there for everybody. Right. Because that's how I yeah, am. Exactly, yeah. 
And uh, early on, I saw that like the podcast was skewing all male, like the demographics. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, they only pull the demographics from like certain services that offer that. And oh, it was like and it was like seventy percent male. So I was like consciously trying to book more That's females. So and there's even worked. an algorithm out there that is like getting yes. the demographics of your guests. Yes, it's weird. Whoa, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. And I don't know how accurate it is, but I was like, you know what? I want to make sure that I'm not like just you know if i'm catering to just men why right is it me is it because i'm the host and i'm a male and i'm um i'm a cis white male and that's just what i am i'm not gonna like pretend i'm anything else but i don't want that to be what i'm associated with as far as like i want right you know what i'm saying i i want to i want to be inclusive so yeah i i did try to seek out women to come on to the podcast but as I said with you before, after I, I booked a couple of women thinking, okay, but then it just naturally kind of worked that way. And yeah, then the timing, the flow. it's not like you're pur- purposefully like, but right, then I, I looked and I was like, okay, of demographic of this, this amount of demographic. But I feel it, like that's yeah. kind of counterintuitive to a degree. I mean, it's easy for me to say as a cis white, straight, hetero, fucking middle-class male, but yeah, it's, I feel like it could be like counterintuitive to purposefully just be like, I have to have exactly this demographic. Exactly. The point is just like, like everybody I, is great. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. but, 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 but in, in a, in a effort to kind of, um, in an effort to kind of like steer the ship, mm-hmm. you, I will sit there and go like, okay, let me reach out to a couple of people that are, but it's like that, not just with gender or, or race or anything like that. It's like, interests yeah so i don't want to have all musicians right because i don't want to be i don't want to be just a music podcast right so i'll look for writers i'll look for photographers look for painters i'll look for chefs i had a a girl who's a a a plant-based chef at the beginning of the year yeah and and and, uh, what an amazing person i've had athletes on here um uh, just different people that have different facets of creativity even if it might be abstracted a little bit you know, to to look at somebody who who runs a YouTube channel that's based on some athletics, mm-hmm. it might seem a little, but that's there's a creative aspect to it. They have to know certain amount of filmmaking, and and you know what I'm saying, right? And right. to get to talk to them about that because they're not they didn't come at to it come at it maybe as a creative, but they became they used creative skills. There you go. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. There's, and, and, there's a lot of things that aren't necessarily considered a creative. Uh, Art. Yeah, right. creative things i'm gonna just people don't things for they don't classify it as creative when it is but there's a lot of i feel like there's a lot of creativity in things that aren't necessarily labeled as creative things someone sure. who's yeah. simply like a social media influencer mm-hmm. is using creativity and, yeah. and even if they're not actively thinking about it right exactly you know well every everybody every human is inherently creative i think you have to create something or we'd be machines amen we we would be just kind of robots. I'm, yeah. Let's go back to this whole thing. How long has it been since you have had a computer? That's amazing to me that you don't have a computer. Well, I will. I'm like half line. I do technically have a computer. It's just it's um at this point an 14 adult, an, years an Atari old. Vic twenty. <laughs> it is a MacBook, but it's a 14 year old MacBook that it takes 30 minutes to start up. And like <laughs> I, I haven't even done anything with it recently because I think the only thing it will do without crashing is like move like 
I think I moved all my files from the computer to a hard drive because that is like the one thing you can do without it just crashing immediately. Basically, we should you should put out a single uh-huh. that says that's called "I Need a Computer." Cool. You know, like like yes, and just just sell it <laughs> as a kind of and maybe put it on on maybe put it on Bandcamp. Yep, and just promote the hell out of it. And just be like, I need a computer. This this will go towards my computer. Let's write this song. All right. How, let's do a, how about this? Uh-huh. You and I will write a song. Okay. Today. All right. It'll, we can make it short. We can do it like guided by voice and style. It could just have like one verse and like a chorus and just, and just right away. And it'll be like, I need a computer to live. Okay. But. All right. So we got. Oh, oh boy. Here we go. Oh, this is. I need a computer to live Because I am a creative All right, and you just cut that out later to uh, not cut it out. It can stay in the podcast. Oh, no, I'm going to loop drums on it. Perfect. And then I'm going to yes, put a synth on it. Yes, do it by voices and, style, yeah. and we can just like build on it, and then we'll have a hit single. I'll, I'll harmonize? Yes, please. Yeah. I need a- I should have, yeah, I should have given you more room to harmonize, but you can you Mm-mm. can up that later. We'll do that in post. That's what computers are for. That's what computers are for, baby, and that's why I need one. So buy that single, get me a computer. Thank you. There we go. I love it. I love it. I, I, I want to, I really want to explain to people who don't know you. Cause I mean, I, I feel like we've had this conversation and if you don't know Brett at this point and you don't love him, then you're probably a shitty it. person. Oh, <laughs> no, I get it. But, you're not shittier. I love, even if you don't love me, I love you. Okay. But, out there. but Brett has been such an amazing part of this music scene. Uh, because it's not, and it's, you don't fit one music style. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like Secret Guest kind of is a, is probably a good introduction as to what you prefer. Right. You know, if you're mm-hmm. into like Guided by Voices or Parquet Courts sure. or kind of like, or uh, Slint. Yeah. Or, you know Ooh, what I'm saying? I like, like these, like these poles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so if you're into kind of like an indie rock kind of, um, uh, no, it, see, there, you, you ever notice how there's some of these bands that I just mentioned? They kind of, they 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 touch on prog rock mm-hmm. a bit, yeah. Totally. yeah. And you you have that thing going on, you know. You. And it, and it's just it's a, it's a wonderful thing. But then you play with two slices, which is a a pop like synth band, basically. It's a lot of fun. It's funny you say that. I was I've been thinking about this because I. Overall, like that genre is not something I listen to on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Are, are you familiar with, and maybe when Danny comes on, I can talk more about it. Danny used to have a band called Octopus Jones. Yes. And which they were, that's more along the lines, like stuff I listen to. And then like. Yeah, that was more like yeah, indie rock. Right. Of, yeah. And, but it does, like you can tell that part of Danny comes through in this. And mm-hmm. then also just the fact like live playing with two slices is a blast no yeah. matter like what I'm The into. crowd. <laughs> yeah. The crowd is so receptive to and that music live. And it's fun to play just like tr- dancey, semi-funky bass yeah. and just... <laughs> I mean, how many bands do you go to see in in that atmosphere that can pull a share cover out and just oh, yeah. everybody loves it? 
Everybody sings along and dances. That's always funny because we never practice it. And so like, and I'm just like trying to, that whole time I'm like having, trying to have fun, but also like how the hell does this song go? (laughs) That song's like surprisingly more complicated than you think because like most of it is the same chord progression. But then there's like, but there's like parts of the verses that kind of switch for a second. Yeah. But um, yeah, like that band is, well, the whole reason, Event at first, I don't know how early you go in the two slices career. I saw their first show. So when you they saw were, it when th- it was just Danny and Brandon. It was just just Danny and Brandon. They were opening for was it Brave Baby or was it just? Um, well, I I, I was I think part it was of it Brave when Baby when they wasn't the New Year's Eve with Brave Baby because I played in two slices when that happened. No, uh, no, no, no. There was a uh, show before they, that. And it might not have been Brave Baby. It might have been, uh, I don't know. I think I know what you're talking about. It was at the Royal American. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. And it was their debut. And everyone was just like, what the hell is going on here? And and loved it instantly. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's like just really good pop. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's fun. It's just so fun and out of left field and just like, okay, yeah, we're in. Everybody just decided. We're in. Yeah, exactly. Pretty yeah. much. And it's it's funny, like, in this kind of story is kind of how I end up being in a lot of bands. With that band, we really me and Nick were just supposed to do this. You're aware of the B-side sessions that Taylor Hickman does. Amazing stuff. Yeah. But yeah, we were literally just there to like, oh, we want to do like a full band version of like a couple of songs for okay. that. And then it kind of turned out like right before we had that session, me and Nick were both playing with separate bands for this festival in Columbia that Two Slices was also playing. Like, oh, come on stage. We'll do the, those couple of songs. And then it just kind of turned into like, oh, this thing set. we weren't going to do. Like, oh, play, let's play a whole set. All right, let's, we're, we're the band now. But that being said, Nick Jenkins actually just moved to Albuquerque. I heard. Yeah. On when URL was here, she told me. Yeah. And I, I was like, what? Uh, and I'm like, what a gift Albuquerque just received. Oh, yeah. 100%. He, that man is Nick Jenkins, a beautiful human being. When I first, I first, I moved to Charleston in 2006 and he was already like playing in a bunch of bands. And I think like his bands were like the first ones I saw when I moved to Charleston. And I remember as a, a freshman in college just being like, I just, my goal in life is to just be like Nick Jenkins. Like yeah. Nick Jenkins has been an idol of mine and to get to like play in bands with him is. He's a shining star yeah. in every room he walks into. Yeah. And he'll like pull out, he'll pull out ideas that like a normal person would not think of, but it'll work and be perfect. And then you'll be like, oh shit, I would have never come up with this, but this is amazing. Yeah. He's it's a miracle worker. Well, you guys were, you know, I feel like because of this downtime from live music experiences, the way we know it, uh, there's been a lot of shuffling, but like the deck has been shuffled. Yeah, totally. And so when we come out on the other end, I wonder who's going to fill those spaces. Who's going to fill the spaces with Nick Jenkins? Exactly. Because, uh, and, and what will have been learned Right. From this experience and what will that bring when we get back to the some of the old stuff. Totally. Also, two slices, I was I meant to mention this earlier, is such a funny thing because to be honest, if I'm being completely honest with two slices, do it. My role in it in a musical setting is kind of not necessary. And I've had talks with other people who have also played bass when I couldn't do it. Yeah. It's like, it is a weird existential crisis, but I realize I am a part of that band purely for the energy. Yeah. 
it's like more energy than actual like needing low end because there's low end on those tracks. Right. So like they kind of work even without me. I even actually, it's funny because I actually filled in on drums for a couple of times that Nick couldn't do it. Who knows? Maybe I'll end up being playing drums with two slices later on, but it's just like such a, it's all about energy. But that being said, I like, I'm going to definitely miss me and Nick with all these like between songs, do our like little silly jams that we do, like yeah. you know, just bass and drums while like Danny and Brandon reset for the next song. And I guess that's something you can put in a track, but no. we'll see what happens. But yeah, I was going back to what you said. God, I'm going to so many tangents. That's what um, this podcast is all about. Good. It's how we and thrive you the, here. You got the right tangents. person. You got the right person. Um, yeah, I feel like not... Nick moving to Albuquerque, I, f- I can't think of anything on the top of my head. I feel like there's like a lot of changes that have happened yeah. during the course of that pandemic that I'm like interested to see when live things. And I part of me is like wondering if just live things in general will even be the same. Like, right. I feel like there's something going on so at Tobin's much, Market. Yeah. Have you been there? It, it, it's kind of it's kind of like a uh, outdoor kind of Royal American vibe, but not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't gone back too much. Mm-hmm. And every time I go there, I feel so awful for the people living in the apartments around. <laughs> <laughs> where is where is it? I've, I mean, I've definitely heard so of it. So if you go on like, uh, if you come off 26, go and make a left, instead of going downtown, you go a little bit uptown. Sure. There's these new, brand new, like apartment buildings. Fucking course there are. <laughs> yes. on, 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 uh, on Meeting Street. Mm-hmm. And in those, there's this little market that has an outdoor stage and seating area and okay. it's gorgeous it's a beautiful place I've seen pictures. beautiful it's setting beautiful, yeah uh the sound is really good everything about it's awesome except for the fact that it's surrounded like it's right up against this apartment building and you can see people's apartments people will like stick their head out of the window and look down at what's going on and i'm like they have live music all the time like God. every night i'm surprised till 11 o'clock because i'm sure you know about like with royal american like Towards before, right before the pandemic, there was like this lady who lived in like apartments that are way across that parking lot who has like complained about music. And they're like, she's like a thousand feet away. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm kind of crazy. I don't know. I, I keep, uh, I'm so conflicted about shows right now. Right. Like, I, you don't want to be the reason why someone yeah, gets sick. I've yeah. like, I've bailed on a couple. Just because I'm like, I don't know. I, I just, the guilt is built up too much. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like, I, I, well, I don't want to say I'm not worried about getting sick myself. I am worried because it sounds like it can be really gnarly. Actually, more than anything, I've heard like, you know, like some people getting bad mental health like afterwards. I'm just like, oh, I don't want that. But more than anything, I think we're going through bad mental health without even catching it. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm like, I don't need more of that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's less about me, but I'm just like I feel weird just like being a part of something that's bringing a bunch of yeah. people together. Well, the outdoor stuff seems to be somewhat right. Um, it, it, it's le- it, it. I went and saw uh, Susto at the Bend. Right, like those seem like and that felt like, like they yeah. had little boxes set yeah. up where you get your little core people where you you buy the the space yeah and you can just sit in this little space that's roped off right that's it's like a vip treatment and you're outdoors and i think jason isbell played at that thing which was i i kind of kicked myself for not buying those tickets but so many uh shovels and rope right right lots of people came like lots of really good acts came in there i think ranky tanky yeah um anyway 
that stuff makes sense. And so with Tobin's Market, it is outdoors. Right. Like the stage is outside. I, I always now, forget about the fact that it's outdoors does like give it up. It changes up, the thing. Sure, and, yeah. and, and and let's let's pivot a little bit. I think we touched about uh, upon this right at the beginning, but we didn't really elaborate on it. You played like a, an outdoor show just recently. And that, that by one, yourself. I knew like, cause it was like a drive-in theater. So like everybody's like in their cars or like yeah. close to cars, like a similar thing to the Ben where like everybody's in their squares. And I'm, I don't know if you saw any videos from I it. I did see it. They're from like, <laughs> it's almost like comical how far away I was from like any of the cars. It was like yeah. 200 feet away from like the nearest person, which that, I, that was kind of funny cause I, I purposefully didn't tell anyone I was doing you it. You didn't want anyone you know to see it? It was like a mixture of like pressure. And then like also I was like, I don't, I also like feel weird about just like drawing people together, even though I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. You didn't want to promote it. Yeah. It was weird, which like, it's not like they were like, why didn't you promote it? They didn't even notice. But like, it was, it was also just like, I always like situations where I'm put into, like, it was kind of one of those things where like, I kind of want to put my situation where I'm in like, a semi uncomfortable thing where I know literally no one. And I'm playing like my weird music to these families, which actually that it, it went well because I got uh, a lot of people to honk their horns, which that is, that's, that's part of why I want to do that. I'm like, I don't know if there's ever going to be an opportunity like after the pandemic where I get to like open for a drive-in movie. Yeah. I was like I got, and it was like at sunset. It was like it was a little cold, but it was like beautiful, and it was just like getting. It people sounded to cool. Horns. It like, was rad. It, it was, was rad. Really cool. In fact, well, but the, I bring that up because then I was like, oh look, Brett can do a one man show. <laughs> do you think? And I know you've had uh, uh, an orange cream sickle. God, you, you no, said that as right as I felt like some of it, like <laughs> like coming up. Down. Down. Do you yeah. think you could try and do that live? On the podcast. Yeah. Something that, like that. That's Just a dream. play a song. I, that's the plan. All I, right. I like that. Set. All right. We're going to, we're going to set that up in a minute. If you're okay with that. Yes. I'm going to drink more water before. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, but how did you feel that went as far as a performance aspect? Was it, was it really weird? Was it just different? Like, how do you feel if you had to do that and it wasn't a pandemic, if someone called you up and said, Hey, there's a drive-in movie theater and we want to have like a musical aspect and you're just going to play in front of the screen and the cars are going to honk at you. And there's no pandemic going on. The funny thing is I feel like in a non-pandemic situation, I'd probably be playing too many shows to like get that together. I'd, You'd but, be like, I'm busy. Yeah. I, not, <laughs> and that almost sounds like a like jerk, like smoking. No. Like, um, I'm busy. Anyone who knows you understands like getting your, you're getting you on a evening <laughs> it's not easy because every band wants you to play with them. Oh, stop. But yeah. it was, but in this situation, it was like, I, I, did, I, I feel like I always feel like with solo stuff, I either prepare too much or not enough or somehow both at the same time. Like there was definitely like road bumps, but like it, it is kind of fun to just be in a situation where like, I don't know anyone. This is not a, like I'm used to a tight bar or like, house show where it's just like a bunch of sweaty people like you can barely hear anything where this was like the exact opposite it's like families i think i it was like opening for the goonies so i like threw in some goonies trivia and made the parents aware that they say the s word uh 19 times but there was like a bunch of little kids i was like just so you know there's a lot of swearing which i'm partly wondering if that was a good idea just because the people doing the drive-in were like don't don't like drive away our customers 
Because all these kids are going to hear the S word. But I think, anyway, it's an old movie. I God, I'm... I don't even remember that there was any cursing in it. There is honestly a lot. The only, the only slightly inappropriate thing, which isn't even that inappropriate, mm-hmm. is like when the when they break the, the penis off the Michael statue. Oh yeah, that was like, and that's like towards the beginning of the movie. I'm that's like, right wow, at the beginning, yeah. I th- and also somebody, I think this is true. One of my coworkers pointed out to me when I we were talking about the Goonies was just like I think that was during a period where PG thirteen didn't exist. It, I think yeah, it went straight from PG to R, and it wasn't R rated, but no. Like, but even I, th- I, would, I don't think it would count. I don't think it would get PG thirteen just because the content of it. I guess there's some violence in it. It's scary. Yeah, it could have. It's I, not. Yeah, right. it's yeah. not like um, it's not crass or anything. No, but, it's know. it's cartoonish. But it's like in the Christmas story how they say the f word. It's like that that version, but nothing in a Christmas story is like inherently like overly offensive. Right. The content <laughs> of it is yeah. not yeah. offensive. It just sounds like what kids would talk like if they were amongst right. themselves. That's like actually I was thinking like my my mom in when I was a kid wouldn't care as much about if any like shows or albums cursed as much as if the uh like thematic content was right. like awkwardly offensive and like supporting something like Yeah, bad. just saying yeah. it and, and yeah. Yeah. It's one thing to say it because it's just a word that fits and right. that's how people would talk. Right. Yeah, and I and I think Goonies and and like Stand by Me mm-hmm. were two movies around that era that captured young people. Right. Kind of acting like the way young people. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it didn't feel phony. Because kids, when they're around each other, let's be honest, they curse. Yeah. They curse they, like sailors. They curse like sailors. They're, and they, they use curse words before they know what they mean. Yeah. Which exactly. is my favorite. Kids curse more than most adults, really. Well, some adults. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess I don't really curse that much. I don't know. Well, it's because I feel like it's more of like a kid thing where like, I'm going to get some shock. Check this out. I'm going to say shit. I'm going to get some shock value. Everybody's going to think I'm cool. Whereas like now <laughs> as an adult, you say it's like, all right, cool. You're you're cursing. Good, good for you, buddy. You did it. I don't know if I've ever told this story in the podcast. I might have told the story in the podcast before. But um, when I was a kid, I was in either seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. We were doing a play. Uh, we're doing Annie. Mm-hmm. And we had to change the ending because we couldn't get a helicopter. So instead of like a helicopter coming and saving the day, we just had two police officers like running and, and bust Rooster and 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 uh, what's her name? Right. Um, anyway, I played one of the cops mm-hmm. and I improvised one day. Ooh. And I came out and I drew my fake toy gun mm-hmm. and I said, freeze, scumbag. <laughs> I didn't know what a scumbag was. Oh, uh, that's wait. Now and I got. I, I, got I don't told, know if I know now. I got told afterwards by the my eighth grade teacher. Uh-huh. I must have been an eighth oh, grade. Oh no! Yeah, is she this was like a, something horribly offensive. I was in Catholic school. A scumbag is a used condom. <laughs> oh, and I didn't wow. know that. I, I didn't know that. I learn. I'm learning that now. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know that, but when in the moment when I yelled it out. First of all, the guy who, this kid, Mike Rao, who was playing Rooster, uh-huh. totally lost his lines. He forgot everything. His eyes just was like, went like three sizes bigger. And was he this just, like the first night you went off script? <laughs> yes. So he's like, oh, I, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> and I screamed it loud. Nobody <laughs> missed it. And the whole crowd went, <gasps> <laughs> just a giant Amazing. unison gasp. 
I feel like if that happened to me, that would have like probably influenced me in a bad way. Where like, oh, I could get like a whole audience to gasp by saying this word. Like, I feel like I'd be like, I'm saying this every night now. I think people realize uh, nobody gave me shit about it, mm-hmm. but I was told afterwards, like, don't do that again. I mean, I get it. You're. I do appreciate you, know you living in the moment, but the, the first thing she said was like, "Do you know what you just said?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, it just means like it's a dirt bag or something like that." Yeah, but you said scumbag. And that means, and she said like, and and it's a Catholic school. Uh-huh. And so she like whispered in my ear, it means a used condom. I'm more, And I barely knew what the fuck a condom was. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm honestly more surprised that the entire audience gasped and did like the entire audience know that that's what that meant too. I'm it literally learning just, it today that that's what it that means. It might have just been because I was so loud and out of left field. <laughs> And I just, you know, it's your rebelliousness. And we're we're off script from the movie, so no one knew what to expect. Right. Yeah, and here totally. comes me dressed. That's why in a I'm surprised there's a gasp. Yeah, come dressed in a cop uniform, pointing like a if, gun. If I was in an audience, I'd be like, "Oh, well, that's just how they've been doing it every night." Yeah. No, I. Eh, mm, who knows? It, it was the eighties. <laughs> uh, same with the Goonies. There you go. <laughs> Full circle. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me ask you a question. Yes. If you um had the opportunity right now to play with any band, oh wow, right now as in your former role in your current role, I shouldn't say former, in your role as Swiss Army Knife like like a band comes to town uh-huh. and says, "Hey man, we need somebody to play X." Mhm. What would be a band that you would just be like, oh, this this is going to change my life. This is this is in, in your mind. It, it doesn't have to be change your life actually, but in your mind, you'd be like, this is going to be a pivotal moment in my life. Funny thing you asked that. I was. It's weird because this is probably it. This is someone who is a legend to a very niche audience and probably plays shows not that much bigger than I play. But I was even thinking about Lars Finberg, who I interviewed mm-hmm. for Comfort Monk. They, plays a band called the intelligence like i was just like that'd be fun if like for some reason like because like i have his number now we're friends i was just like what if i was just like hey if you ever need anybody like playing your band i got you dude he's gonna hear this and be like oh shit I'm i know this is in a way this is me saying that is just like lars if you're listening then uh i'm if you ever need me I'll, uh, well, have I you guess ever, fly out to LA and yeah. <laughs> have you ever reached out to a band locally and said, Hey, if you need someone to play with you, I'll, I'll play with you. Cause you were a fan. You know, I think I, I haven't done that in a while just cause I've been so busy, but there are like, um, uh, Scott Dents who like has dumb doctors, me and him had a band called boring portals, but which that band kind of started. He had an old band called M tank. Like a lot of my formative years in Charleston, because I went, I went to college at Charleston, mm-hmm. and then I graduated, and a lot of the people I like I played with and were friends of mine like moved immediately. I'm not, I my original plan was to move after college. I don't know why I didn't. So I'd like Charleston's a fucking vacuum, dude. It sucks you in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's, it's a good thing, though. <laughs> right? Totally. So I was just kind of like didn't really know anybody, but I had a friend who at the tin roof who was like dating Aaron from the tin roof. And it's just like, I should talk to Aaron and you should just like come hang out tin roof and like do like promo and stuff or like, or well promo by promo, like literally like 
I would um, put up posters around uh-huh. town in exchange for like free entry to any show and like <laughs> free PBR as much as I wanted. Not well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't like going crazy. It's not like I was drinking 10 PBRs a night. But um, I know I'm getting to the answer. I swear to God, I'm getting to the answer to your question. Uh, so, oh yeah. So I would just, a lot of like, after all my friends left was just hanging out at Tin Roof. And then like, if there's like a, even a band name that was like, sounded kind of cool or like, I would just like check out that band out. And then like, gradually I just like would become the biggest fan of some of these like mm-hmm. Charleston bands. And then they would just be like, uh, could you play, play with us? Cause we need like somebody I'd like kind of yeah. casually mention like, Oh, like I, I play stuff and I like, play everything. And they're like, <laughs> well, you're our like biggest fan. So you obviously like our music. Well, will you play with us? So like, I guess in a way I've never been like, Hey, let me be in your band as much as like, you know, if you, if you need me, I, I yeah, I'm here. I, I can play stuff, which has kind of turned into a thing. One of my favorite moments, one of my favorite moments of wis- uh, witnessing, uh, from my time knowing you here in Charleston, um, somebody who I uh, look up to immensely, Jason Narducci, who's, 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 uh, he, he is for people who don't know him, he has his own project called split single. Mm -hmm. Uh, but he's more probably known currently as the bass player for the Bob mold band. Right. And, uh, also he is the live bass player for, Probably my favorite band of all time, Super Chunk. Oh, that's right, Super Chunk. And Chunk. so, yeah. um, you played, yeah. With he came to he came to Charleston, played at the Royal American, mm-hmm. and it was like a Wednesday night. It was like an off night, mm-hmm. uh, and he played by himself. So yep. he didn't have a band. He just played by himself on, on stage, and you guys opened for him. Mm-hmm. And um, and he, I remember him coming up to you a- afterwards and be like, "We need to talk about your bass sound." Oh yeah, that's and right. I was I like, I was like, that. I was like, I don't know if Brett, <laughs> I don't know if Brett knows this guy, but for for Jason Narducci, that was an honor, yeah, to come up to you and say we need to talk about that your was, bass sound. I was just man, like, that was, what a fuck that that is, dude. This is like the ultimate, like I won't call him a session player, but he's similar to you in the in the the thing that like when people need a yeah. musician, he's a professional musician mm-hmm. that 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 works with other bands that need somebody like in the in the case of super chunk if you don't know who super chunk is they're uh, an indie rock band they've been around since the 90s they were you know indie yeah. rock darlings and they they just they're legendary oh. and their bass player whose name is Laura Balance has a a a medical issue she can't play live shows anymore or else she'll just permanently damage her hearing right. further so he became their live Yep. bass player. I think I saw them in Raleigh with him playing bass. Yeah. But yeah. And and it's and and I was so nervous when he took over because mm-hmm. I had seen Superchunk countless times with sure. Laura. And I was just like, oh no. Oh no. And then when he took over, I was like, it, it was almost like the energy of the band got turned up a notch. Yeah. It was like fresh blood. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. what I'm saying? Like and and um and he filled the he filled the spot beautifully and he was just respectful and she still does the writing and recording of their music but he just does it live just live yeah and he's a he's an immensely talented person uh and so when i saw him saying that to you i was like yeah that was holy cow all right for him to notice the talent that is brett nash yeah that was crazy i was not expecting that at all i i think i i feel like i was probably like speechless like 
me? Are you talking to me? Are you you sure you mean me? I mean, I guess I don't know who else he would have been talking to, but like... I wasn't on stage playing bass. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) I I guess I was the guy playing bass on stage. So yeah, man, I'm glad you remember that. I kind of forgot about that. But yeah, that was like, that blew my mind. That was an honor. Yeah. Well, I think people know when they see you play, they're just like... And and other bands, they recognize it, obviously, because they keep tapping into your talents. Um, dude, that's fucking amazing. I, I think let's, let's get you to play some music and then, uh, we'll wrap this up. Beautiful. All right. Hold on. I'm going to pause this so that we can go. This might be, we might go on record as the longest podcast to date. I was wondering, like, I feel like time freezes for me where I'm just like, wait, there's, it's either been like 15 minutes or like two hours. I can't tell which. I probably could keep going and we could just talk stories about this stuff. Right. But I do want to get to some music. And so this is also a perfect pause because I really have to pee. Perfect. Hold on one second. I hope you got people. that on. Though. All right. Yes. No, it's all recording. Hell I haven't yeah. stopped. I pee, everybody. That's I pee just like every one of you. We I, all pee. We all poop. Get over it. We're I, all humans, man. We're not I, robots. And that's what I want to leave on. Well, before we get started, hold on a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit record real quick. Uh, what is the name of this song? This is a song called Dalmatian Rock by the band Shows, who we may not have mentioned during the podcast, but it exists. Is it one of your bands? Uh, it's was born out of the old uh, pandemic. It's me, Dylan Dickerson from Dear Blanca, and Marshall Brown, uh, who is a great Columbia musician. And I will say during the second verse, I will be singing uh, Dylan's part. So when I sing, just imagine like Dylan's forceful voice over it. <laughs> Yeah, hold on. All right, exactly. hold on. Let, let, me, let me reset this. Let's record it. All right.
was rough in just the right way that was perfect (laughs) i love it (laughs) hold on let me put my move my protection back on my microphone (laughs) there we go all right Uh, raw dog in the guitar sorry (laughs) (laughs) that was awesome thank you man for doing that thank you that was a lot of fun dude i love fun by the way i i um i love how people have figured out how to create like a rhythm section out of like a loop pedal and just keep it going and it, right? it becomes, yeah. That's, you, you, uh, you know, like for me, I immediately notice it and then I forget about it and it's just, it just kind of, it's there to keep everything going. Sometimes technology is helpful. Sometimes yeah. it's helpful. I used to like do like a one man band thing where I'd play a kick and snare with my feet, but I feel like for this situation, that would be a lot of setup for little payoff. So yeah. it's like, I have a, probably audio have audibly a band yeah. there. My, my band, when I played that drive-in thing, I was just like, give it up for my band. It's just like <laughs> bass and drums, maybe. But I love it. It's like, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like got two beats. It's got that and like a halftime beat and like a like six eight thing that it just goes. Yeah, it's just like boom 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 boom. Like you can like. And as soon as it hears you playing, it just starts kicking in. Well, so like you like hear like when I hit a note, sometimes it'll just be. It's like there's a a beat just like as long as the pedal's on, it's just constantly going whether you're playing or not. Yeah. And then it responds to like volume and the tone. So like. So if you yell into that pit, into your oh, yeah, sound hole. There you go. So that, yeah. So um, if you want, if people want to find out more about Brett Nash, don't go to secretguest.wordpress.com because that person will steal your money. But you can go to secretguest.bandcamp.com. Yeah, there you go. That's the one. Because you can email and stuff if you need to, if you have any questions, there's, oh yeah, we technically have an email address too. It's secretguest at gmail.com, but not spelled like you think because the regular <laughs> spelling why? was taken. It's spelled secret. Secret is spelled the right way. So it's like the, like the deodorant. Secret guest, G-U-E-S-S-E-D. As in the secret has like been guessed. guessed. The, secret, the secret, secret, like you've guessed the secret of our email, secret guest. Ah, and then, well, and to find you on like the normal, because you don't post a lot on Instagram. No. I, I looked at your Instagram. I was like, oh, here's one from last month and then one from two years ago. Okay. Because hey, I always post about shows and now I'm just like, shit, what I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. Me and social media have a very conflicted relationship. I'll, I'll put it that way. But I guess if you want to go to my personal Instagram, it's West underscore Ash. W-E-S-T underscore A-S-H. And also Secret Guest has got an Instagram. Secret Guest Band shows the song, the band that I just played the song from, No More Shows on Instagram. VanityPlates.SocialMedia on Instagram. That's another band I have. The list goes on. Just oh my DM me. I'll I'll answer whatever questions you have. I, f- I feel like those like link tree or, or I need to get one of those. That's yeah, what I they're need. free. Just just yeah. set it up and then you can put you can have an endless scroll. I think yeah. John Kenny said he tried to list all the bands you've played with and it was like over forty that have played at the Royal American. Oh yeah, I I wish I actually almost like um asked him before this like shit. Do you still have that like list? But also, it's probably when he made that list was a couple years ago, so it's probably bigger. Than yeah, it's that. probably doubled. Since probably, then. yeah. <laughs> All right, people. Sorry for how long. It Seek is. out can... Brett Nash, <laughs> and if you ask him nicely, he'll probably play your prom. He'll you can play uh, your honestly, driveway. you don't even have to ask me nicely. You can be like, no. "Hey, asshole, fucking play my shit," and I'll be like, "Okay." <laughs> my grandmother's fine. turning ninety. We need to make a big deal about it. Can you come play my driveway? Done. Yes. Done. The I would gladly. Yes. A ninety ninetieth birthday is always a big deal if you can survive that long. 
I honestly don't foresee myself surviving that long. So if someone else can do it, I will gladly celebrate Please that. Please don't say negative stuff like that. We'll find out. We'll find out in, um, how old am I now? 32. We'll you made find it past out. 30, yeah. 27. You made it past 27. If you're listening to this um, 48 years from now, check if I'm still alive. You can place your bets with your friends at the end of this podcast. See and if then, I'm still yeah, alive. 48 years from now yeah. and you need him to play your spaceport. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. I don't care. If, if I'm 90, I'll play your spaceport if, <laughs> as long as I can. That sounds like it might. That sounds like something you might get canceled for in the future. Like, <laughs> I'll play your spaceport. So it's going to be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He said he's going to play your spaceport. How offensive. They'll be like, well, this was recorded in 2021. I guess like there was that a was back port. when saying the word spaceport was like acceptable. It's yeah, it's. But yeah, well, also, if 48 years from now, check if I'm canceled. Am I canceled? <laughs> dead or alive? Because I know you can you can be canceled if you're dead. Check if I'm canceled. We'll see. Uh, I, if you get canceled, the world has gone to shit. I'm I'm glad to hear you say that. <laughs> Sorry if the world goes to shit because of me being canceled. Sorry. What an odd compliment. Thank you. I think I'm going to end That's the pull quote. That's the pull quote for the episode. <laughs> if you get canceled, the world has gone to shit. Joseph Tabret. <laughs> Everybody, have a fucking great weekend Please or do. week or whatever. The, whenever you're listening to this, have a great, have a great 3 a.m. on a Monday night. If yeah. you're listening 3 a.m. Monday night, this message is especially for yeah. you. If you're working the midnight shift at the spaceport port 48 space years from now. Yeah. Even long after they've been canceled. But <laughs> I'm sorry that you're in a very, uh, um, what's the word? And uh, check for the new band coming from Brett Nash next week called Spaceport. <laughs> Oh man, it's like one of those like. Uh, Hold on. God. Uh, all right, uh, my wife is calling. You know it's gone late. Ooh, let's Let me, put it on the. Right. Let's put it on record. What? Well, hold on a second. Should we? Should we? Oh, hold on a second. This is. You're on the air. You're on the air. Caller, you're on the air. Oh God. With Brett Nash. Hey. Of the band Spaceport. Yeah. Now of the band Spaceport. Hello. I don't know why I'm talking to the mic like she can hear me over here. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I was holding up the microphone to the microphone instead of the speaker. I've lost all control, and she's driving. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna end the podcast and get to whatever she needs. Hi, Amy. I love you. Love you, Amy. Hello. <laughs> all right. See you guys on Friday.
emotions feeling way too contrived And all I want is to feel the buzz